Hello, hello. Welcome to the Great Obsession Podcast. I'm Riley. And I am Sam. Uh, What are we talking about today, Riley? We are talking about the Daisy Jones and the Six limited series on Amazon Prime. So right along with what we talked about last week because we talked about the book, if you listened to the last episode. Um, So that's the lens that we're going to be looking at this show through is the lens of people who've read the book recently and then watched the show. So I think we're going to have a lot of comparison going on. There will be spoilers for both the book and the show in full in this episode. Yes. You are so much better at that intro business because I was like, I'm <laughs> Sam and I have nothing else to say. <laughs> so I, I was like, Dang. I'm Sam and I have nothing to add. It's like, Riley's so smooth at this. I was like, I didn't even think about any of that. But yes, we are talking about the Daisy Jones uh, TV series. Really looking forward to it. But first things first, Riley, what are you drinking? I am drinking, once again, drinking soda out of a wine glass. Uh, but this time it's it's not Olipop, but it's like a Trader Joe's brand, like probiotic soda thing. I was going to say, it's a really interesting shade of green. and per- Well, that's because my wine glasses are green. So oh, it's not. You're oh. seeing that it's like this gross color. It's like um, it's like the color of orange soda. It's orange. It looks weird. Yeah, it's like yellowy orange. But because it's in this green glass, Yo. it looks like really weird. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, is she drinking iced matcha? That's how green it looks. It like looks. Oh thick. wow! Yeah, it is. Um, it's not like clear. It's like thick. I don't know what they do to these probiotic sodas but it's tangerine flavored so it's orange (laughs) do you feel like your gut health is just at peak condition all these probiotics (laughs) i have no clue i don't even know yeah what what to look for i've never really had issues with my gut health oh so did you not seek out a probiotic drink when you bought this no, I just, <laughs> just a I, perk. I tried Olipop because JC from the What We Said podcast likes to drink it. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Let me try like, like it's carbonated, a soda replacement. Let me drink it. And then it tasted really good. So that's why I drink it. It's because I like a good tasting soda replacement. Oh, wow. I guess the probiotic is just an extra benefit. I don't know if it's doing anything for me. Fascinating. I don't feel any different. Yeah. Good, good to know. Um, no, I'm not a gut health girly. I was curious. Like, I was wondering. I was like, maybe she's having stomach issues that I just don't know about. No. Wow. And I have no clue what like a probiotic or a prebiotic is even supposed to do. Don't ask me. Yeah. I don't know. I only know from those like... um uh what's her name jamie curtis like activia commercials oh <laughs> for, like the yogurt not the activity activia at cultural touchstone <laughs> truly truly what are you drinking um i i'm out here drinking a hibiscus flavored Lacroix, which hibiscus Ooh. what a bold um 
That is a bold like, choice. Like marketing choice to be like, you know what the people really want? They want to drink a flower LaCroix, which I don't, I didn't, I would not have picked this out on my own. I got like a, a mixed pack or whatever from Costco and mm. it just came with it. And honestly, it's really grown on me. It is very floral. Have you ever had like a hibiscus tea or Jamaica? I've yes, I have, and I will say I don't think this tastes anything like it. So, oh, interesting. Um, it kind of smells like it maybe has the so it smells kind of similar to the tea, but flavor wise, it's not there. It's definitely more like carbonated flavored than other Lacroix are. So Mm -hmm. if you're not into that, like, very specific taste of carbonation, it's probably not for you. But it it has a really nice after flavor. I find it very refreshing, but not something I can, like, chug, you know? I have to drink it slow. Yeah. But it's good. That's kind of nice, though. I like a soda that I don't chug that'll last me a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jack hates it. He thinks it's disgusting. So it's definitely not for everyone. He hates LaCroix in general or just the hibiscus one? So he's not a fan of LaCroix in general, but I made him try the hibiscus because I was like, oh, what What do you think? Because it really is kind of a unique flavor. And the man's gagged. Mm-hmm. He was he was dramatic <laughs> as all hell. He was not about it. Um, hated it. So LOL. I tried to get Jacob to drink Jamaica when we were in Mexico. I was like, it's good. It's hibiscus flavored. Like juice and he tried it and was like this is disgusting it's it it does have a sort of i want to say like bitter tart flavor yeah to it, it definitely has kind of a bite yeah so i do understand it's kind of a little bit of a different flavor but i agree i think it's good it's it's nuanced yeah you know what these men they don't know how to drink things with complex flavors. Right. They want to drink Mountain Dew and what does Jacob drink? Orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's his drink of choice? Well, he literally he doesn't like soda, so that rules out a lot of drinks. He doesn't like lemons, so that rules out every lemonade and lemonade adjacent drink. So the only things he'll drink are water, orange juice, milk. Oh, I would say his drink of choice is milk and i literally think plain milk is the most disgusting thing wow and um hot chocolate on occasion if he's feeling wild <laughs> if he's feeling wild that that's like the four drinks that he will have he won't i always try and convert him i was like try this hamica try this oh i got him to drink orchata he likes that uh but literally every time i try and get him to try a drink he'll either just turn his nose up and be like no like if i've offered him a chai i'm like it's good it's like kind of spicy he just turns his nose up and it's like ew no so i will say it's kind of interesting because i feel like jack is the same way where he's very willing to try new foods he's like pretty open-minded on the food front but when it comes to drinks won't even give it a chance he like he like cannot and it just it's so annoying because I'm like, just take a sip <laughs> and he he won't. Yeah. He won't. It's just absolutely a no go. He's like, bleh, bleh. he's so dramatic about it. I hope he listens That's to That's what this I don't and- get. I will 
always have a sip. Right. I don't care if what you're drinking is the weirdest thing ever. Like, I want to have a sip. Yeah, let me just try it. it. He won't. Won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Drink specifically. <laughs> but he'll eat any, like, he'll eat anything once for the most part. So I don't understand. No, I don't understand Explain either. the science. America, explain. <laughs> also, a lot of things about this, like not liking soda and other drinks that are yeah. normal to I mean, like. I will say. I just don't relate. I think Jacob is also a special scenario because he, I mean, he doesn't like chocolate milk, right? No. Yeah. But he likes what, hot chocolate. Where's the logic? That's messed up. That I'm just being honest with it's, you. It's, he's a, it is he's a broken up. man. He's never going to listen to this, so we can shit talk him all he wants. <laughs> I mean, I respect his taste, but at the same time, we have questions. We really do. Yeah. We do have questions. Jack at least likes Mountain Dew, right? Like a normal person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he likes soda. Well, he doesn't drink, like, Coke or Pepsi or Dr. Pepper. He's, like, not really about that life, but... You give mm, him a, a cola sp- guy. Yeah, no. You give him a Sprite though. You give him a Mountain Dew. I mean, man goes crazy. His favorite drink, well, maybe not his favorite drink, but Shirley Temple crushes that. Mm. Um, and he has like a glass of chocolate milk every night. His chalky milk, as he describes it. Chalky milk. Oh mm-hmm. my god. He'll, he'll like get him and be like, ah, oh, I think it's uh, I think it's time for a little chalky milk. I'm like, well, you do you, sweetie. I support you. Yeah. Now that you know what our husbands and <laughs> us love to drink and all our feelings about milk, um, let's talk about this episode. Oh, we forgot the one disclaimer, which is that we are we tend to use some strong language. So if you're not into that or you've got sensitive ears around, I would not recommend this podcast at this time for you. Besides that, I'm ready to get in. and. Yeah. I I am I kind of want to start with a bold claim. Tell me, which is, I think the show was better than the book. Now there are some caveats, but I think that's my overall thesis statement: is that I have some critiques, but I think the show was better than the book. What did you think? Did you enjoy this show? Um. So if you didn't listen to our previous episode where we discussed the book. Uh, spoiler alert, I was not a big fan. Um, Mm -hmm. this, the book was not for me. And so I'm not going to say that I enjoyed the show. I mean, not, let's just say this is not a show that I would have sought out like on my own. You know, if, if this had not been a book adaptation, I don't think I would have watched it. That being said, I do think that it was overall better than the book. Um, I think a lot of my complaints about the book were sort of corrected in the show. And Mm -hmm. so I think it made some really worthwhile changes that overall benefited the storyline. Yeah, I agree. I would say, like, overall, I think one of our biggest complaints in our book episode was that the characters were mostly like really one note all kind of had the same voice not a lot of chemistry between them and I think that was very much improved upon Mm -hmm. in the show uh by the cast members and just also the writing um that 
I think, gave some more depth to each character because they each had more interesting storylines than in the book, which is only pretty much about Billy and Daisy. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Now, on that note of characters, what did you think about the casting choices? So I have one big (laughs) complaint, which you probably know what I'm going to say, which is that Sam Claflin was miscast. And I don't want to hate on him because I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he did a great job. Mm -hmm. And I think he had great chemistry with Riley Keough as Daisy. But he is too old. Yeah. He just, it was really taking me out of the show the entire time that he looks 10 years older than the rest of the character. He might not be that old. I know he's 36. I don't know how old everyone else in there is, but they could all be in their 30s. But for whatever reason, he reads on screen way older than everyone else. And it just like really threw me off because it's supposed to be like a bunch of musicians in their early 20s doing drugs and getting started in the music scene and he just read as like this old rocker yeah that really bugged me did you have the same experience i did especially as we like in the beginning i think Mm -hmm. as the show went on it was less so it's just that he and riley or he and daisy however you want to say that um they seemed fairly even aged wise. Mm-hmm. So when they were, it was just focused on them two. And when we got to that point in the series, the way he felt so much older sort of faded into the background because he felt the same age as her. I yeah. think that it was jarring having him juxtaposed with Camilla. Because Agreed. He looks way older. He, yeah. And I think it also. I didn't feel like they had a ton of chemistry. No. I it just was like weird watching their scenes, especially in the very beginning like when they first are going out and you know that he's supposed to be essentially like just now graduating high school basically mm-hmm. and there's supposed to be a bunch of 18-year-olds and obviously you would expect them to be aged up. That makes sense with the course of how they're telling the story and it takes place over time, blah, 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 blah. Right. But he is 36 and I looked it up and the woman who plays Camilla is 25. Mm, It shows. And it shows. And I think it's mainly because, you know, you're early to mid 20s versus your late 30s are just like very different stages of life I think yeah we just change a lot through that time period and it was just a little bit odd and the guy who played Graham who is his brother was 25 as well and that that lines up for me when we were seeing the characters on screen. I think the original actor that they had playing young Billy, I think he was only there for, like, episode one. Yeah. But I really wish that they had kept him around a little bit longer before transitioning to Sam Claflin. Because I think that that would have made it less jarring if... I don't know. I... Because it's like, do they? does that mean that the whole cast should have been 
younger, like as younger actors for the first few episodes and then they transitioned to these older actors? Or should it have just been Billy's character? That seems odd. Um, that doesn't seem like something that would work, but... Right. That's why I think we just needed a different person cast as Billy. Who so here's here's my younger. thought, though. Because did we need a different Billy cast or did we need a different Camilla cast? Because I think that for me, when I think about his age, like it really is only jarring when he's with her. And they're like supposed to be in this very partnership-esque relationship. They're the same age, Mm -hmm. same stage of life, like all of that jazz. And they look so different in age versus the other characters. He's not necessarily the same age as. Like he is supposed to be older. And so I can buy into that a little bit more. But I, but with her, I suppose. I guess I just didn't imagine him being like 10 years older than the rest of the band. So like what what bugged me the most about his casting is that in the beginning of the show, like the first like three episodes, I was just so it was really jarring because mm-hmm. like, for example, the scene where the Dunn brothers play at a wedding and oh, yeah. their dad is there. Uh, Billy is supposed to be like, like a kid like sure out of high school Mm -hmm. but like he's still a kid yeah and he's hurt by his dad abandoning his family and and so like they they get into the fight or whatever and that just did not read to me as like a kid who's hurt by his father it was like this old rocker dude throwing punches at a guy who's not that much older than him like Mm -hmm. it just yeah did not work he definitely gave off a vibe that he had already had his complete like music career and he was now yeah. like at the tail end of his career and maybe trying to make a comeback or something. It did not give um, an up and coming artist. That's for sure. I will agree. Yeah. And like the scene where he follows Teddy into the, the store buying cigarettes oh, yeah. or whatever. That's, that's not an And Teddy's endearing... like, look, kid. Yeah. Like, mm, no, like. He's not a kid. Like, you can't call him kid. He looks like he's 40. So I just can't. I just. But it's hard, though, because I feel like, like you said, him and Daisy read pretty equal in age. And also they had great chemistry together. Him and Mm -hmm. him and Daisy did, I thought. So I as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, maybe they, they cast him because they prioritized the chemistry with Daisy. And maybe Sam Claflin just had the best chemistry with Daisy. But I honestly just, like, if we're going to keep the same cast for every other person in the story, except for Billy, like, I don't think the solution was keep young Billy in the show for three episodes and then switch, because that would have been jarring. Right. I just think it needed to be a whole different casting, but then keep Sam Claflin as like the old version of Billy. Well, when well, here's the thing, because I would agree with you wholeheartedly, um, but I think, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I sort of feel like Daisy was a bit of a miscast as well. Oh, interesting. And so part of me is like, maybe Daisy and Billy were just not the right 
they were just maybe not right for me. I will say Riley is 33. So she and Bill, or I don't know what names to use. She and Sam Claflin (laughs) are roughly the same age. And so I think when they have scenes together, it works. And she, I think, can play younger a little bit better than he can. And the story is also not as focused on her when they're young. Right. And so in that sense, she kind of gets away with it. It just, it's odd to me that the rest of the cast is so clearly in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. And then your two leads, I mean, she's 33, so she's in her early 30s, but... I don't know. I just thought that that was, I don't know. I would have maybe prioritized having people more closely in age. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think, and going back to what you were saying about Billy and Camilla, like there was no chemistry. I don't, I maybe have, I, I can't decide if I want to like critique the Camilla casting because I feel like, uh, what's her, I think her name is in real her life name is Camilla, Camilla too. Yeah. Um, Camilla Marone. I think she did her best. Like mm-hmm. she was acting her ass oh, yeah. off. I just, for one, she has Instagram face. Like she looks like someone who, who has seen Instagram. So she doesn't look <laughs> to me as someone from the seventies. <laughs> Instagram based. You're absolutely, I mean, you're totally correct. I've never heard that said before, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> so it was like that combined with the fact that Sam Claflin looks way older than her and does not read. He's supposed to read as this like hesitant young dad who like mm-hmm. loves his family and loves his wife, but is, I, I don't know. Like in the scenes when he meets Julia, I was like, he looks like he should be her dad. Like, I'm not getting, like, yeah, hesitant young dad vibes here. I'm getting, like, an uncle meeting his <laughs> niece or something. I don't know. It, it, it just, yeah. there was no chemistry between them. I did not enjoy watching no. their scenes. Which, I mean, that was the same in the book. Right. But it made it hard to root for... Camilla I don't feel like I rooted for her as strongly as I did in the book yeah no I would agree I will say just as a blanket statement I felt like all the actors in this show did a really good job of acting like I I think that it was a well-performed series a hundred percent all of my critiques are focused on things that were essentially like out of their control and right just not like how they look yeah yeah yeah. and so i just wanted to make sure that everybody is aware that i think that they did a really good job at their piece of the job um that being said yeah billy and camilla had negative chemistry like it was actively cringe seeing them together it Mm -hmm. wasn't that i could just be like you know i'm I'm gonna suspend disbelief it was like i don't want to watch this kind of vibe Yeah, it was like hard to watch yeah and i don't think that's either actor's fault i just it is difficult because a massive the main portion of this story is the fact that Billy and Daisy are star-crossed lovers because Billy is 
fully committed to his wife. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be this tension of he genuinely loves and supports and wants to be with his wife and be loyal to her. But he does feel this, like, otherworldly connection with Daisy that is just difficult to ignore. And that's, like, Mm -hmm. supposed to be the whole point of this, like, huge conflict within this band and so it's really hard to buy in to that storyline when Billy and Camilla just do not vibe and you don't want to root for them. And you don't even see, as I was watching it, I like didn't even see a scenario where they were worth rooting for, you know? Right. And so I will say, as compared to the book which in the book I was like I just don't like Billy and I don't think he should end up with either one of these women they you know because I Mm -hmm. didn't I didn't really feel his electric chemistry with Daisy as much in the book like it Mm -hmm. was described to me as this next level connection they couldn't deny and he's like constantly in this battle But Mm -hmm. it didn't feel that way between them when I read it versus in the show. I did feel that way for them where I felt like they obviously had a ton of chemistry and there was like a real connection there. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because when I watched the show, I was like, well, I guess honestly I'm rooting for Daisy and Billy to get together because he and Camilla have no spark. And so it's, it's very interesting that when I read the book, I was not rooting for them at all. But then when I watched the show, I was. And I think it's solely based on the chemistry between the actors. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy if you think about it. But it makes a big difference Mm -hmm. if they have that spark on screen that makes you want to watch them. And that's why I think the first few episodes for me were the first couple episodes like before Billy and Daisy's stories converge was kind of a snooze because I was Mm -hmm. like okay like the Dunn brothers are doing their thing okay Daisy's doing her thing some guy writes steals her lyric and writes a song but then once they get together like even the first scene with um when they're singing look at us now and Mm -hmm. they're they're having that conflict I was riveted and then any time they were on screen, like at the music festival and pretty much from then onward, the writing mm-hmm. of Aurora, like I was riveted because it was, there was a lot of chemistry and the writing was really good. I think they made some positive changes to Daisy's character, mm-hmm. which before we get into that, I actually want to know like more of your thoughts on the casting of Riley Keough as Daisy because I just like don't really have thoughts. I'm not really sure what to think. I'm a little yeah. confused. And I would agree. I like totally understand where you're coming from. And I do think it's partially because the description and characterization that we get of Daisy in the book is like pretty intangible. She's mm-hmm. described in 40,000 ways and mm-hmm. like she's like the most perfect, most beautiful, bestest girl in the entire world and everybody wants to be her best friend because she's incredible, but also mm-hmm. she's like secretly broken and I'm, but we never really see that. She just is and like it was just she I think as a character in the book was just And 
I will say the book has a few characters where it's just like unrealistic. And so Mm -hmm. then I have difficulty in my mind forming a character and like a real image for them because they it it's like impossible right because no it just is so out of touch with who a real human would right. be that it doesn't work and so i do think that the character daisy in the book is that way i think my biggest qualm with the daisy in the show is I did feel like she came across too soft and yes. like when even when she's writing um regret me and she like hits that car and she like pulls over on the side like her regret me is supposed to be like she's supposed to be a fairly aggressive woman who mm-hmm. sort of doesn't care about other people she's like super self-absorbed she's like Mm -hmm. very much so not pulling punches at any time with billy and this daisy felt just much less prickly and much more almost maternal i think with billy that's maybe a weird Mm -hmm. word to say but i actually felt like the daisy in the show matched like the vibes of daisy in the show matched my mental vibes of camilla in the book oh interesting i think i just i wanted her to be more abrasive yes and i did not feel like riley whose last name i'm afraid to pronounce how do you think it's keo keo Mm-hmm. I think she was a fantastic singer. I think she had incredible chemistry with Sam Claflin. I just did not feel like she was gave me like gritty. Yeah. You know, I think she gave me girl next door. Yes, that's a good way to put it is she came across very girl next door, mm-hmm. like kind of a little bit of like wide-eyed innocent vibes, which one of our complaints in the book was that Daisy is described as being kind of naive, but then, mm-hmm. like, she's fully strung out. So it's like, how can those two things be, be the same? Right. And so here in the show, we got one side of that, which is kind of the more naive side. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she definitely read a little bit more naive, a little bit of, like, head in the clouds, but, like, in kind of a sweet way mm-hmm. and not, like, an abrasive, difficult way. Like, I... I've seen some people online complaining about how Daisy in the books was very stubborn and very direct. And again, to use that word, very abrasive. And this Daisy is not nearly that way. And it seems like they tried to make her like stubborn. Like she has those times with Teddy where she's like, I don't want to be the muse or not with Teddy, with that boyfriend. She's like, I don't want to be the muse Mm -hmm. or like that part from the book um or she'll make comments to teddy and billy like is this when the men go and solve the problem but it just comes across as a little bit of like childish yeah yeah not like abrasive and stubborn yeah it's interesting because i had heard somewhere else i can't remember where but the internet powers that be were discussing alternate castings and one of the castings that somebody had mentioned was miley cyrus which i saw that too i don't know if that's the like i'm not gonna say that that's who should have been it 
or not. But I do think that that idea of, oh, if Miley Cyrus played Daisy gets to this point of we needed or not needed, but we wanted somebody who had a little bit more like grit. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of my my issue with Daisy. I think it becomes more of an issue further along in the series. I think it mm-hmm. becomes really difficult to empathize with her character at some points and it feels difficult to buy in to some of her behaviors as well just because it's like this doesn't seem like you you know when you're watching Mm -hmm. it and so the further along in the story we got the more I was not feeling that casting choice but you win some you lose some right it's like I don't have nearly as strong feelings about that casting as I did about Sam Claflin, Mm. like, just reading too old. But I do feel like, like, with the Miley Cyrus thing, I think another thing people had online had talked about is that Daisy in the books was described as having kind of a raspy voice. And Riley Keough's voice is very smooth and -hmm. beautiful. And so that was another thing where, like, it, it, the music is not... And we can get we can talk more about the music, but it's I don't know. Riley's voice doesn't stand out to me in the music. Sam Claflin's got a great voice. I did not know he could sing, but neither did I. Actually I quite liked his voice for this context. I thought he mm-hmm. sounded like a a rock singer. Um, but Riley Keough, it was almost like it was too good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like it's interesting because a big part of. Daisy is described that she's this untrained talent. Yeah. And so, and even in the book, there's like moments where she has to like push herself vocally and she's never experienced that because she has no training. She just has like a natural raw gift. And Mm -hmm. I think that when you listen to Riley and even when you see her perform, to me, it's clear that there's like, a decent amount of long-term vocal training taking place. Like, she has technique. She, like, knows what she's doing. Um, And so I I would agree. I think her sound was not... It's not exactly how I imagined um, Daisy's sound to be. One person I did love, which I... Not that I didn't have... I didn't really have a ton of thoughts, but... Initially, but I really ended up liking Suki Waterhouse as mm-hmm. Karen. Um, Agreed. I thought she was a great time. For some reason, I I don't even know what, how Karen was described in the book, but um, Suki Waterhouse did not initially meet my like mental image of Karen. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed her. I felt like her vibes were perfect perfect match for Karen in the book and Karen in the book is a crucial character because you like actively need somebody who is sane and smart and is not she like doesn't get sucked into all of this side drama as much Mm -hmm. and so you really needed that sort of crisp and fresh 
like person interjecting thoughts and commentary to kind of bring things back to center. And so I thought that she was a great casting choice for that. I thought she and the actor who played Graham had just the right amount of chemistry where yes, I believed it was a slow burn, but uh-huh. I believed it was like genuine feeling, you know? Yeah, like I was rooting for it. Yes, exactly. And so I, I really, really liked her casting. Um, one of my faves. I agree. I really liked her. And I felt like, like you said, she fit the vibes of Karen is like kind of this, um, this person who will always tell it to you straight and who's not ever really joking around, but like she knows how to have a good time as well. Um, and I, and I felt like Graham as well in the books, he's not like a super tangible character. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was a lot more of a tangible character in this, in that I got like kind of golden retriever vibes. Yeah. And I felt like. The Golden Retriever vibes and, like, the more serious, has-her-shit-together girl together was, like, pretty great. It was yes, great. I would agree. I actually really liked the actor for Graham. I think he did a lot with his character, considering how little we're sort of given in the books. Agreed. And I also the maybe this is one of the best castings is the Warren casting. I thought he was perfect. He looks like a drummer. He looks like he could be early 20s and just grew his hair out to look older. Or he could be in his 30s. Like, mm-hmm. he's very ambiguous age-wise. And he was really funny. So funny. I appreciated the funny. Like, funnier than he is in the book. Yeah. Yeah, no, in a lot of ways, he was my favorite character. I just enjoyed everything that he did and said at all times. He was great. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like they took what Taylor Jenkins Reid wanted Warren to be. And, like, made him better. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I had read somewhere that she said something about, like, how she intentionally wrote Warren as, like, this voice who's always interjecting with a joke. But he's just maybe not in the book enough for mm-hmm. me to, like, really get that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> in the show, he was so great. Yeah. And I think the way the book is set up, the way it, it tells the story, does not lend itself super Mm -hmm. well to like humorous interjections Mm -hmm. um that's true now what about the plot as far as let's let's talk about some things that we liked that they changed for the show so i liked that they changed eddie that they made him Mm -hmm. a lot more interesting and they kind of combined his character with pete Mm-hmm. which the the thing <laughs> where they're the six, but there's actually five of them. Cringe. I was like, why? But I, I also see why we didn't have to have Pete. Because he yeah. doesn't add anything in the book. And combining his character with Eddie was effective in creating, like, an interesting dynamic among the band. Yeah. No, I just I, was bugged by the fact that they're the six and there's only five of them. I agree 100%. When they were, like, doing the naming thing, I was like, this is cringe. We're really reaching here, but... It's like saying Camilla's an honorary member of the band, which I was like, that, First that doesn't of all, work if, for me. If I had been in the band, I would have been like, mm, no, that's not cool with me, but... Right. I, I mean, it's fine. I would agree, I think, for 
all we gained from eliminating Pete, it was probably worth the mm-hmm. cringy, half-hearted explanation for why they were still called the Six. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Because I think we got a role for Eddie, which, first of all, great casting. I thought yes. he looked just like I imagined Eddie. Mm-hmm. He had this the exact, like, kind of bitterness that mm-hmm. Eddie is supposed to have. Well, and... um. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say what I really appreciated was they really built up and built in Eddie's bitterness. Because in the Mm -hmm. book, I mean, granted, the book, they're they're retelling their story 40 years in Mm -hmm. the future. In the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, you know... Like, so he's supposed to already be bitter because he's retelling his own story. So you don't see mm-hmm. it play out. But in the books, it doesn't always make sense why he's so bitter. It comes yeah. across a little, I don't know, like childish and just like kind of unreasonable versus in the show, they really baked that bitterness in gradually. And I loved mm-hmm. the added element that he was just like low-key in love with Camilla and actively seeing Billy being the worst to her and like how he still got her at the end of the day that would make me better I was better you know Mm -hmm. and so I felt like his character was so much more complex and compelling and made a ton more sense in the show I really liked what they did with him Agreed. Because in the book, it kind of comes out of nowhere where at the end, mm-hmm. Eddie just like starts being bitter at Billy. And it's kind of like, okay, you've been in this band for several years. Like, where is this coming from? But here you you really see it from the beginning, even when, mm-hmm. you know, they're when Billy like momentarily quits the band and they are looking for a new front man. And Eddie's like, it could be me. And then Billy just shows back up and takes yeah. over after Eddie's gotten his hopes up. Like, from the very start, you you see why that bitterness builds up. And also, in the f- couple of moments that Eddie had with Camilla, I was like, this man has more chemistry with her than Billy. Yes. They should be together. Well, and I was just ten times more convinced that he, like, actually liked her and was attracted to her. I at mm-hmm. no point was convinced that Sam Claflin found that woman attractive. And she's gorgeous. Like, yeah. I, it just was not there. And so... I totally agree. I was root. I mentally was like, "Are we team Eddie right now?" No, surprise literally. twist. But it was a great change. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I liked all the changes they made with regards to Eddie. Like at the end when he's mm-hmm. threatening to leave the band, just like Pete was doing at the end of the book. It was great. What do you have in mind specifically with changes made that you liked? So, sort of on the Eddie-adjacent note, I did appreciate that they gave Camilla that very subtle arc and implication that she and Eddie had had some kind of affair. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we we see nothing like that in the book. In the book, she is a literal perfect and forgiving woman at all times. Yeah, she's like a like, saint. She's a literal saint. And it gets to the point when you're reading where you're like, like, you're like, what is going on? Like, how is it possible that she just, like, either she's an idiot 
or she's completely unrealistic because she just keeps talking about forgiveness and yada yada and choosing mm-hmm. each other and you don't buy into it in the book because Billy is doing these really awful things and Camilla just keeps being like, it's okay. I tr- trust his has to be earned, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. in the show, I think we got to see a much more realistic portrayal of what a woman, even a great, like, trusting, forgiving, all of those things woman mm-hmm. would do in that position because – we have moments in the book and the show where Camilla clearly sees that there's a connection between Billy and Daisy that he's actively hiding from her. Mm-hmm. But in the book, we never get her really coming to terms with that. Like, I don't know if it's because, once again, we're in this retelling and so she's maybe processed it and can retell that to us like it's a fact and it's fine versus in the show she's living it real time and it felt much more potent I felt like her character made so much more sense um so much more realistic having that sort of affair with Eddie but also some really contentious angry moments with Billy and it was much more believable that their stakes were really high between the two of mm-hmm. them. Because in the book, it's difficult to believe that the stakes between Camilla and Billy are high because they keep saying, oh, we trust each other and we're forgiving, blah, blah, blah. And so you're like... Billy can so, do whatever he wants yeah, and yeah, Camilla yeah. So would I'm stay. Like, so what yeah. if Billy did sleep with Daisy? Like, would it Who be cares? fine? Right. Yeah. Versus in the show, it was apparent that that wouldn't be fine and mm-hmm. that he's genuinely walking a really fine line. And so I I think that the changes they made to Camilla's storyline and honestly her character were 100% for the better, both from just a realistic emotional connection point of view, but also from a plot point of view. It just mm-hmm. made a lot more sense. And it, it helped me buy into the rest of the story. Agreed. And going along with that, I also really liked how the end with regards to Billy or sorry, with regards to Daisy and Camilla and how their conversation went down at the end. That Mm -hmm. was different than in the book. And I liked it better because in the book, it was very like, once again, Camilla being the saint, like, Daisy, Mm -hmm. I really care about you and you need to do what's best for you. Whereas in this story Camilla doesn't really have the understanding that book Camilla has of how toxic Daisy and Billy's relationship is Mm -hmm. um so she which makes sense like why would she know that right she's not there so right so it it just made a lot more sense to me that they kind of just had an argument about it and then Billy and Daisy resolved things on their own whereas in the book like Billy and Daisy don't even interact at the end of Mm -mm. the story. And Camilla just talks to Daisy and it's like this conversation where Daisy, where Bill, or sorry, where Camilla saved her. And now Daisy has to go change her life. Like it just, it was a lot less corny the way things Mm -hmm. ended where Camilla is concerned. I liked her role in the ending a lot more. Yes. And I will say when we talked about the book on our previous episode 
I had a lot of beef with how it ended with Camilla, like, leaving this note to her daughters to, like, mm-hmm. introduce Billy to Daisy again. I thought that that mm, was super yeah. weird and it didn't make a ton of sense. Versus in this one, because we did get to see her, like, push back and have more fight and, like, we had to see Billy fight for her and we had to see him actively choose her over everything else, over Daisy, over that final performance. All of that made it so that when she says at the end, like, I'm dead, like, bring your father to Daisy or whatever, I felt like she had closure in that. I felt like Mm -hmm. Camilla genuinely had felt like her story her and Billy's story had come full circle and that she was emotionally in a place where she was like yes I genuinely think that this is what's best for him versus in the book because we never get to see Billy actively fighting and like choosing Camilla over Daisy we just get their relationship sort of like fizzles and Daisy and Billy never get that closure moment of him having Mm -hmm. to like make a choice it Mm -hmm. feels really weird like almost like oh Camilla was like a placeholder and it feels like he was with her just out of obligation and now that she's gone he can be with his true love is like the vibe the book gave me but I did not get that from the show agreed Agreed. I liked how it all played out at the end because of how Camilla was written into the story a little bit differently mm-hmm. as just a much more believable character. So it's just the like the contrast here is interesting between like loving how Camilla was incorporated in the story. And like I said, she's a great actress. So mm-hmm. she was she was really believable in like her feelings that Mm -hmm. she was showing towards daisy and her frustration towards billy and her her kind of feelings for eddie combined with this frustration that billy is not fully bought into her like that was all really believable it was just that whenever billy and her were on screen together (laughs) there was nothing like no chemistry it was better when they were talking like on the fucking payphone. yeah like that was more believable to me than then when they were together in person it was yep. just so weird. Like, I know. It, like, it uh, was yeah. almost there. Yeah. Another change that I actually really enjoyed was Simone's storyline. Because yes. we get – it's so annoying to me. It's so much more. Simone. In the book, how little we get of her uh-huh. and how intensely she – is like boxed into this cliche of the black woman supportive best friend. Yes. And has no, like, we get glimpses of somebody who's a potentially really fantastic character. And it's just like, she gets washed away in the chaos and selfishness that is Daisy. That I mm-hmm. was, it, she's just a really frustrating to read in the book because you don't, you just know as you're reading it that this character isn't getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And they really corrected that for the most part in the show for me. I loved, I mean, so much more Simone 
screen time. I mean, outrageous amounts. Yeah. Um, also, really enjoyed in particular when Simone goes to Greece for mm-hmm. Daisy. I think that storyline for me, it's just so good because you see, A, how selfish and how out of touch Daisy is. And then you see how genuinely Simone cares and is like, mm-hmm. you call, I'm there. And mm-hmm. Daisy just like doesn't seem to process that or understand it. And I think that in the books, she like, Daisy asks her to come and she comes. And like by the time she gets there, Daisy has already like moved to someplace else or something like that, mm-hmm. which is really shitty. But yeah. having them, having Daisy like full on confront, um, Simone and be like oh I I was an emergency I don't know what gave you that impression haha <laughs> that's so funny that you thought that I was in a really dangerous situation and dropped these really important career events to come and help me he 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 I'm getting married to this random man that you don't like and he doesn't like you but it's whatever I I felt like that really told me so much more about Daisy's character and Simone's character I loved that we got to see her. We got so much time in Greece with her and Bernie also sort of solidifying their relationship. And we get Mm -hmm. a lot more development between the two of them. And Bernie is like in the background being like, yo, Simone, like daisy's not a great friend and i really appreciated having this other person that wasn't in the books reflecting Mm -hmm. to simone because as a reader when i'm reading i'm like yo simone drop her ass like you literally you deserve so much better than her and i don't understand why you like her (laughs) so i appreciated like having a person in the show who was actively kind of saying those things that i was thinking what did you think of um the simone storyline well, one thing that, like, unfortunately stood out that I hated was when, like, Nikki points out that Simone must be in love with Daisy, and then Daisy asks her, why the I fuck know. was that in there? It wasn't relevant to any other part of the show, and I hated that they were, like, like it- going along with the stereotype that every lesbian girl is in love with her female best friend well i think that's the point i think that they i agree i like watched that and i literally was like i want to walk away from the tv i like did not want to watch it did not yeah it was awful to watch and i think the only reason i agree i i think that i would have preferred i think they needed a like a I can't remember what the word I'm thinking of, but they needed a moment of confrontation. Like they needed some kind Mm -hmm. of Like a reckoning? Yeah, something needed to happen in order to have this heated moment. I don't think that the way they did it in the show was the way that it needed to be done. Mm -hmm. I think there were much better ways um, to have done that. However, I at least understand that they needed... A moment of like this is the straw that breaks the camel's back like they needed Daisy 
to so clearly be seen to Simone as somebody who Simone cannot trust and somebody who is not genuinely always there for Simone no matter what and is like a ride or die friend. They like needed Daisy to come across as the worst, which she does. And I think that there were other ways to convey that, but I did – I do think it served a plot purpose. Yeah, I suppose it served a purpose. I just – I wished that it had been more like Daisy asking, are you in love with me? And Simone being like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Instead of like this dramatic stare between the two where it's like, oh my god, Simone's in love with her. Like, no, Simone's – in love with Bernie, and Bernie wait, is a great support. Wait, did you get the sense that the show was trying to convey that Simone was in love with Daisy? Yeah, because she, like, gives her this really wistful stare and, like, a oh. single tear rolling down her cheek after Daisy asks her. So I was like, oh, what the wait. fuck is this is supposed to imply? Okay, I thought that's... it was trying to imply that Simone's in love with her. No, oh, well, I mean, maybe. That's not how I interpreted it at all. Okay, I interpreted well, that's good. It, I didn't want to interpret it that no, way. No, that's so stupid. Oh my gosh, that's so much worse. Wow, wait. Right, that's why I was so <laughs> mad about that. Because I was like, that, what the fuck? So I, sense. I interpreted that moment as like, uh, Simone is so, I guess, I don't know if insulted is the right word, but like so betrayed that Daisy would even yeah. devalue her friendship like that and like be so um just like reduce their friendship down to that yes and like and reduce Simone down to that as well yes I I thought that in that moment she was like so betrayed and so shocked that she like didn't have words like she just didn't even want to look at Daisy anymore because she was like so disgusted with her that tracks and I'm gonna choose to interpret it that way (laughs) instead of the way that I initially came off I will say now that you say that in the moment when I watched it I was a little bit frustrated that Simone didn't say anything that she just like walks away um so maybe that was just like an area that could have had a little bit more clarity because yeah a hundred percent if they were trying to say that Simone was in love with Daisy First of all, no. Rude. Yeah. Like, like straight up, like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Second of all, does not track with the story or the plot or any foundation we've laid up until this point. That's why I was like, this has nothing to do with the rest of the show. Like, it never comes up again. I, when that happened, because it came off to me that Simone was in love with her which now that I'm thinking about it I think I saw a comment somewhere on the internet shortly after I watched that episode where people were like why did they make Simone be in love with her so maybe I saw that and that like solidified my interpretation anyway I was just like this is oh no like this is gonna come up again when we see Simone again and it's gonna be awkward and frustrating to watch and then it totally didn't Mm -hmm. and so then I was like well why did that even happen in the first place but now that that makes more sense to me that it was more like Simone is just betrayed and insulted that Daisy mm-hmm. would reduce her to that and that Daisy would believe Nikki when Nikki is trying to make Simone into this villain, which that did track that like, yeah, 
some crusty man in the 70s would speak that way about a lesbian woman. But anyway, maybe it was meant to be open for interpretation, that scene. I don't know. Either way, I just didn't like that. But I liked the rest of the Simone content. Yes, I I would agree. (laughs) The only other minor complaint I have about the Simone content is I actually wish that we had gotten more Simone music content. Yes, we didn't get to see her sing much at all. No, and especially because in the book, like, she's described as the queen of disco. Like, in her Mm -hmm. genre, she's the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we ever get to see that in the show. Like, she's always, like, up and coming or whatever. So I do... I wish that we had gotten a little bit more of that. Um, I liked, though, that we got to see her reckoning with... Like, her her role in society as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Not her role, but, like, her reckoning with what it's like to be a black woman and a lesbian woman. I don't remember in, if she was lesbian in the book or not. Did it She's, specify no. that? No, okay. there's no... So they no, added that. Yeah, I don't I even think she has any, like, romantic references whatsoever in the okay. book. That sounds... I don't remember any either. So I liked that we got to see her reckon with this while she is trying to make her name in a society that's not accepting to either of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed that because I think one of our one of a, the frustrations you expressed in the book is that it was like Simone is a black woman and she becomes successful, but like we got to be realistic here. It was the seventies; like she would have had obstacles to overcome, and we just never see her reckon with that at all yeah she's so flat in the books like you can tell by her actions with daisy that there's a lot of interesting character there we just don't get any kind of backstory or context or anything like that related to her unless it's directly related to daisy which is stupid yeah yeah stupid yeah i i enjoyed how much we got of Simone and the Greece content overall was really good, which actually actually brings me to another change that I liked was that they changed Nikki's character and kind of mm-hmm. his role. And I liked the changes that they made because in the yeah. books he comes across as just like a, I don't know, like a stereotypical abusive husband mm-hmm. where you don't really get to see like, it's harder in the books, I guess, to, understand why daisy chose to continue to stay with him Mm -hmm. uh when he like pretty quickly became an asshole who was not supportive to her at all whereas here like we get to see that he provided her kind of this partnership not partnership but like companionship that she was Mm -hmm. craving because billy wouldn't Billy wasn't available to pursue a relationship with her and um and he was like he was just so like oh like nice guy on the surface mm-hmm. clearly is not a great guy based on little comments he makes like the Simone thing but not so overtly assholeish that it's immediately not believable mm-hmm. that they're yeah. together no I would agree I think their relationship made a lot more sense in the show. Um, 
I think her, especially when you get to the point where he's like on tour with them Mm -hmm. and you see her responding, like seeing Billy and responding with Nikki. And I Mm -hmm. think that it, because initially it wasn't until I think we were discussing the book that I sort of put together that, oh, Nikki is this placeholder for Billy. Like, she just wants, like you said, that companionship, and she can't have Billy, and so she's doing it with Nikki. And I, that point, to me, was a little too subtle in the book versus Mm -hmm. in the show. They did a really nice job of making it clear that that's what he was for her. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what he became for her, I think, because we start out and we get some solid time of them in Greece separate from Billy mm-hmm. and the band. You get yeah. to see, like, oh, why she initially was drawn to him. And mm-hmm. then when you get them back with the band, you see, okay, there's a little bit more happening here than her just, like, being attracted to him like there's more layers and she has more wounds that she's kind of taping over with Nikki and so I I think that was really helpful the way they did it in the show and I think this also brings me to one of my favorite changes to the show where we get that scene where Daisy is ODing or in the process mm-hmm. of ODing. Mm-hmm. And in the book, we get Daisy's just like reflecting back on it after the fact. And she just is like, oh, I woke up in the shower because mm-hmm. he had just like turned the water on to try and revive her or whatever. And mm-hmm. she like has this realization that, oh, he like wasn't even going to call 911 for me. Like I could have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the book, you're like, oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. (laughs) Like, they move on really fast. Anyway. Yeah, it's like here and done. Versus in the show, um, you get, like, Billy and whatever the tour manager's name is. I can't remember his name. Rod. Rod. Like, basically breaking into the room because Nikki won't let anyone in because he doesn't want anyone to know that she's literally dying. And he's, I think the actor who played Nikki did a really good job because he's, like, kind of having this panic attack and he just, like, packs his shit and runs. And it's Billy is the one who's, like, on his knees in the shower being, like, stay with me, stay with me. And And it's... A total panic and so in that moment you get to see such a clear um contrast of the way Nikki loves Daisy versus the way Billy Mm. loves Daisy and I thought that was a great great change I it was so much more impactful it told me so much more about the characters I was really actually like emotionally felt the scene in a mm-hmm. way that I, I mean, I don't really recall feeling much at all when I read it in the book. Because um, it's like kind of a throwaway thing. It, in the it book. really is, yeah. And it, and that was kind of a big critique of the book for me is that we have this common thread of these characters are dealing with addiction and drugs are so prevalent, but 
when it comes to consequences of drugs, they're very much so throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. And I think the show still could have done more, but for the most part, given what they had from the book, I think they made it much more, uh, I guess, gritty and like yeah. realistic. And it and it had it packed so much more of an emotional punch. Agreed. And what was even more like of an emotional punch is that right before that scene, Billy was really upset mm-hmm. with Daisy. Like he yeah. was ready to go to her room and kick her out of the band, the wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was ready to kick her out of the band because I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think him and Camilla got into a fight of some kind and and then he was really frustrated about something Daisy did. Do you remember what was happening that made him so mad? I actually don't remember. It's I not really relevant. Don't. I don't. <laughs> but either way, I remember that he was super mad. And so he was on his way to her room, like all up in arms, ready to fight. And then he realized that she was uh, unconscious and potentially dying and just like changed immediately and was right there trying to get her to wake up. And so you were able to see this. I just felt like this was really effective in delivering home this point that Daisy makes Billy feel really strong emotions, mm. whether they're negative or positive. He makes she makes him feel really strongly and he really cares about her, even though he won't admit it to himself or to anyone else. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I thought that scene was really effective. And then another thing I loved is that as opposed to the book where that scene is like a throwaway and never mentioned again. And you're like, hmm, she almost died. Seems like we should be more (laughs) upset about that. Um, In the show, we get that that scene where Daisy's on stage and she kind of impromptu starts talking to the crowd saying, like, I almost died tonight. Mm -hmm. And and she gets this kind of existential speech going on. And then later, I think she ends a speech saying something like, I'm thankful to be alive and here with you. And then they start singing. I just thought that was really great that we saw Daisy reckoning with what happened there mm-hmm. after that scene. Instead of being like, oh, he he, I almost died anyway. Yeah. Well, and especially because uh, immediately after the scene, we have her like waking up in her hotel and yada yada. And she realizes... Like, Nikki is acting totally normal, and he's like, oh, you know, it it was no big deal, blah, blah, blah. And she remembers Billy being there, and so she, like, goes to his room and is like, tell me what happened, because she knows that he's going to give it to her straight. And Mm -hmm. she's like, where was Nikki during all of this? And and Billy tells her that he, like, scrammed, because he's the worst. And then Mm -hmm. she gets this really fantastic moment of confrontation with Nikki, Mm -hmm. which is a throwaway in the book as well. Like, it's yeah, yeah, it's like he was there and now he's not kind of thing versus we really get to see her go at him. We get to see how much of a coward he is. And then we also, which I, I really appreciated this, see all the other band members coming out of their room. And it's this moment of really great solidarity of like, Hey, we're fighting, we're in conflict all the time. But like at the end of the day, this is a band, this is us, and you are not one of us and you Mm -hmm. don't get to like mess with us. 
and Nikki leaves. And so I, I think that there was just a lot of great moments that came out of that scene and they just did a really good job fleshing that out a lot more. Um, yeah, I think it was a, a really good addition on a sort of similar note. I also appreciated, well, appreciated is maybe not the right word. Um, but I, I felt like it was a worthwhile change to have Billy break his sobriety. Yes. Because in the book, he's like, he never breaks his sobriety from like that first time he goes to rehab. He's just sober forever. And right. Is that correct? Well, he d- he takes one drink of that tequila oh, that he's well, yeah. holding at the very yeah, end. At the very end. Um, but it's... But he doesn't fully relapse. Yeah, and it, and it, I think that's really unrealistic. I think that's really yeah. unfair portrayal. Especially because in the book, it's framed like, oh, he stays sober for his family. And he just, like, loves his daughters and his wife so much that... Like, he's going to be sober. And I think that's really unfair to put on people who have experienced addiction and being like, oh, well, you just didn't love your family enough, right? Cause right. Because if, if you just love them enough, you would stay sober. And I think that that's, uh, yeah. I hate that's, that. that's super frustrating. And I this is, I know Daisy and the jo- Daisy Jones is like an older <laughs> – Daisy and the Jones. Um, Daisy and the Jones. I know that Daisy Jones came out like a hot minute ago. It's not a new release or anything like that. I just yeah. think that at this point, like... We've moved past that we've narrative. We've moved past it, yeah. And yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't want to read about it. And so I did appreciate that the show made that shift. I felt like it was a much more accurate and fair portrayal of what it is to deal with an addiction like that um I will say I I actually don't remember at the end like their final performance he's drunk right Mm -hmm. so we actually never see him regain his sobriety within the the main timeline no Okay. We don't. But something that I liked about that final performance is that it's very clear in that sla- in that scene that Billy associates Daisy with or not associates but like Daisy is to Billy very similar to what his addiction is to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um, just she's just a different addiction. Yeah, exactly. Where in the book, I feel like she tried to hammer that home with that scene at the end where he's got the tequila and he's like staring at it. And I remember you asking me, like, what do you think that scene was trying to represent? And I was like, I think it's just that they're trying to hammer home how close to the edge Billy was because of Daisy. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was much more effective in that we see Billy... Uh, he for one he relapses and drinks again and then he makes out with Daisy backstage and is like we can stop pretending like I can stop holding back like Mm -hmm. let's just be free and Daisy is like 
oh shit, like that's not what I want. And so then you see this, it's just very clear that they won't work together because the way that Billy sees Daisy is like this other addiction. Mm-hmm. But Daisy sees Billy as like the one person who understands her and the person she really wants to be with. And like those two things aren't the same. Yeah. So I just thought that that scene was at first I was like, why are they making out like this never happens in the book? But then it just it made a lot of sense to me that yeah. he's relapsing and he's also finally letting himself uh, physically be with her for a second mm-hmm. and being like, we can stop holding back. And then Daisy's like, oh, so that's what I am to you. Yeah. And she's ready to end it after that. Well, and I also really appreciated that Daisy, when she realizes that he's drunk, she's definitely having like an oh shit moment about mm-hmm. it. You know, she takes it really seriously. Yeah, she takes it really seriously. And I, and I appreciated that because I felt like it told us more about Daisy and how she feels about Billy because she knows that at the end of the day, no matter how much she wants to be with him, like you said, he doesn't want to be with her in the same way. Mm-hmm. And also, in order to be with her, like him choosing her is coming with him choosing to break his sobriety. And she knows that's not what he wants. She like knows yeah. how much that how important that is to him, Camilla or no Camilla. And it yeah, it she takes it very seriously. It's a big deal. And she's not like thrilled. You know, she's not like, oh yay, we can just be two addicts together. She's like, oh no, you're right. supposed to be the better one of us here. And right. like we have to help one another maintain sobriety. And so I I felt like it was a pretty good ending. I also, we kind of touched on this earlier, but him running off the stage and her being like, just go, right? Yeah. Just go find Camilla. I felt like that was a really nice full circle moment because it did tell us, okay, Daisy is getting closure here and is telling him to go back to his wife. and, And she, I think, is coming from a place of knowing that that's what's best for everyone and Mm -hmm. she's like she's comfortable with that fact right Mm -hmm. and then we also get to have this moment of billy actively for the first time choosing (laughs) camilla over everything else and like finally putting his money where his mouth is i think Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and we just don't get that that material in the book and so i yeah, I, I really enjoyed the way it ended. And I enjoyed that it ended with her singing Look at Us Now alone. Yeah. I think especially when it, it's a little bit different in the show. But we know that in the book when Billy writes Honeycomb and Daisy changes it. It's a big existential crisis for him because Honeycomb mm-hmm. is supposed to be representative of him and Camilla and this dream that he has for them. And it's like kind of this perfect cookie cutter, unrealistic life. And Daisy mm-hmm. is coming in and changing it and making it sound really like uncertain. And like, this is a very tumultuous and kind of on the rocks relationship. And he's mm-hmm. like really like sensitive about that. And so I think knowing that's how it is in the book and it's sort of 
like that in the show. They don't hammer home the meaning behind the song as much in the show, I don't think. Yeah. But then him refuse so but he like refuses to play the song mm-hmm. for the whole tour and then in that final performance he like just does not care he's mm-hmm. let the song go he's let daisy go he's really i think kind of in that moment takes ownership of his mistakes and in, instead of like trying to use his music as a way of absolving himself and being like oh, i love my wife 24 7 he's like you know what that's not what matters here and mm-hmm. daisy who wrote the more genuine song is the one who's singing it all by herself at the end and i and i there's like a poetic circle there that i think i would have to think more on to like speak articulately to but i, I thought it was a good good choice yeah, I that's interesting that you pulled that out cuz I didn't really think too much about the meaning of her performing Look at Us Now by herself. I think because I was focused on just the fact that she kind of ushered him off stage essentially. Mm-hmm. But I I agree. It was it's this song that like like you said it's not super hammered home, but they do talk about it in the episode, I think it's episode 3 where they write that song. Mm-hmm. And Billy says like this was a song about my hope for my future and Daisy turned it into this like celebration of doubt. And so at the end, I like that that celebration of doubt is something that Daisy is taking on for herself and Mm -hmm. she's letting Billy go and have his hope and his future that he wanted. I, I liked that a lot. I also think while we're talking about like this ending final performance I want to talk about Karen and Graham because Mm -hmm. I felt like their ending was quite a bit more effective to me in the show because Graham is a much more tangible character and that moment when when Karen tells him that she's pregnant and he's like so like you just see it on his face Mm -hmm. and you can tell why it's not going to work because you can see her face mm-hmm. and his face together and it's just really it's it was tough to watch because i knew yeah. what was going to happen but it was also like really effective and helping me helping us understand why despite loving each other so much they just simply won't work out yes I no it's really well done i agree completely and i think Especially the moment when he finds out that she has terminated the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and he sort of tries to say like, oh, I I could have been there for you and like we can still make it work. And and Karen is the one who's like, no, like this is a wake up call that at the end of the day, we just want different things and it's – only going to be more painful from here on out and it you're right their relationship was really fantastic to watch because I was so emotionally engaged the whole time like Mm -hmm. at the beginning when they got together I was like I was screaming oh my gosh coming from the beach yeah with that other girl in the car I know and they just leave her in the car dead um (laughs) And, like, that that's so fun. And their relationship hiding it is so fun. And then they have that moment mm-hmm. where she's, like, 
his penis is fine or whatever. And then they make <laughs> out. And it's just so fun and entertaining. And then they sort of have this moment of just like crashing back down to earth. And it's so sad to watch. But at the same time, it's so well done that, like you said, you really feel the inevitability of it. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I think I finished it and I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe they could have worked it out. Yeah, I was like, why couldn't they have figured that out? Yeah, versus in the show, I really, when they're storyline was finished I was sad about it because it's a sad ending but I wasn't like oh maybe they'll get back together like there's potential yeah. for it you know it it felt final it was definitely like a nail in the coffin yes yes and so I I did appreciate that yeah and it was sad because like you said the beginning of their relationship especially was so fun like when they're on the beach I loved the moment when that other girl is talking about why she likes Graham and she's like he's just so sexy and Karen's like is he and then you see her have this like moment this moment where it dawns on her like oh I guess he is kind of sexy (laughs) (laughs) they make out when they get home I just thought that was so great and then it's it's really sad to watch at the end because he's still like he's so sweet and wants to be supportive of her so he's Mm -hmm. like you could have told me, like, I would have come with you. But, like, you also see it on his face the moment he figures out that she mm-hmm. terminated the pregnancy. And it's just so clear that they want different things. Yeah. So it was really sad, but very effective. Yeah. So I enjoyed that a lot. I, I well, not enjoyed it, but I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, one thing I do kind of want to briefly touch on is, first of all, I have to say, <laughs> one of my favorite changes about this TV show is Daisy and shoes. She's wearing shoes <laughs> at all the appropriate times. There is only one moment where she like has her feet, her bare ass feet, <sighs> On a table where there's food. Like, why? Don't do it. Oh, Disgusting. I, I can't. I So it, I saw it and I was like, should I rewind so I can take a picture of this and send it to Riley? <laughs> I was so bothered. Um, but no, she wears shoes at all of her performances or at the very least, I can't see her feet, which is fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to see her stanky ass feet just bare everywhere. <sighs> so gross no that's my you know least what's so funny is thing. i saw people online being like why did they make daisy so much more sanitized like why is she wearing shoes i was like no that's not the problem with her character <laughs> it's not the shoes honey we don't need to see her no. black nasty feet it's so gross yeah that was just i just really <laughs> wanted to make sure that i got that point out there that i was really <laughs> thankful to the wardrobe department who decided <laughs> to put shoes on her feet um Agreed. but i i do want to talk briefly about the music for the show and yes. what you thought about that because when we talked about the book we obviously had some critiques about the lyrics that had been written in the book and 
we were really curious about how the songs were going to sound because the book is so descriptive of what every mm-hmm. song sounds like. So yeah. what were your thoughts about the album associated with this series? I have a few thoughts. One being that Look At Us Now is definitely the best song on mm-hmm. the Aurora album that they put out. That I've I've listened to it quite a few times now because I listen to it while I work. And... I think the songs, the way they were made, was very effective in the, such a way that the songs can be used in one scene in the show, mm-hmm. and their point can be made, and they can move on. Mm-hmm. But they're not, like, going to be number one songs. Mm-hmm. They're, I, I don't think, the, the, the listening to the album, that it's believable that it would have been, like, a huge hit in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like... It fits the show. Sam Claflin's voice is great. Riley Keough and him harmonizing together sounds beautiful. It's just a lot of the songs on the Aurora album, I think, kind of blend together, which is okay because we really only needed a few songs to like stand out in the show. And the songs that stand out to me from that album are actually the ones that are the same as the books because, as we know, the books had specific names for every song. Or the books. The book. <laughs> so Please is a, a really effective song for me. I think it. I think that the way that the lyrics to that song are written and the way that it's sung, I wish we had seen it be performed in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that would have been really interesting to see from Billy's side. Um, Aurora is a great, fun, upbeat song that I enjoyed and thought was a great like title track as a love song but also kind of a fun song. Look at us now, I think was great. And regret me. I don't love. And those are like the four most notable songs. Oh, mm-hmm. and you know what the other one is that I le- really like is the river, which that's the one that they're singing at the very end in the final performance. When Daisy's like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I want you. Oh, uh-huh. That one's called the river. That one actually, I think is one of the best on the album because it's like the most like complex and it's mm-hmm. got more um, kind of ad-libs. So it just sounds a little bit more like Fleetwood Mac style, like which is what they're going for, but I don't think they quite got there on most songs. So anyway, those are kind of my initial thoughts. I know you've listened to, you said you listened to the, the four songs that are the same as in the show, right? Yeah, so I think I've listened to most of the album, but okay. only, like, only like once. So okay. I would say I agree with you. It's it really blends together. I think you're correct that for the most part these songs sort of lack a complexity mm-hmm. of sound where it feels a little like manufactured in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes sense given how it was created and like Right. They were trying to sort of fit a pre-existing template for this album. Right. I do think when it, just when you were talking about how the songs work really well for the parts that they were supposed to highlight in the show, I think that you're absolutely correct and that the way I would describe these songs are like they're soundbite songs, right? Yes. Yes. So I agree. 
I like in my mind, I can think of a few lines or like a brief little chorus or melody from each of the songs, but I can't think of one song in its entirety, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, like for Regret Me, I can only think of what you I regret me. <laughs> regret, regret you. you. Yeah, just like that on repeat um, yeah. is like the only thing I can remember from that that song but that's the only thing I need to remember because that's how it is in the show like in the show these songs are just being played for 30 second snippets basically and so they really only needed a decent 30 seconds per song and I think that's exactly what we got um I am glad that they didn't use the original lyrics from the book (laughs) I am too I think that was a great move on their part I think that would have been a disaster if they tried to do that. That would have been – what an experience that would have been for us all. (laughs) Um, That being said, I will say I don't think any of these songs are super lyrically strong. Uh, They're not awful, but um, it it doesn't doesn't really do it for me. I – yeah, I I think that the album as a whole – is fine. I agree. I don't think that it comes across as a believable number one album, breaking records, shooting a band to superstardom vibes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's maybe my biggest sort of um, qualm with it is even when I'm watching in the show, at it's very hard for me to be convinced that this band is like super popular, you know. Mm-hmm. I um, we don't see a lot of their popularity. No. Like we see, look at us now being played on the radio a few times. We see their music festival performance where the crowd knows the words, and then like we see maybe one or two scenes where there's like some cheering fans as they're walking. Places. Yeah, yeah, and but I think it. that maybe I would have appreciated a little bit more nods to their fame because I I think I as a viewer was a little bit confused as to if like this is their first album. Right. Mm-hmm. And it and it like skyrockets them. And so is it a first album that skyrockets them because it's a good first album and it gets a lot of hype? Like Olivia Rodrigo, right? That album right. dropped. We're obsessed. Everybody's listening. Right. But at the end of the day, like Olivia Rodrigo wasn't doing a stadium tour. Right. But the vibe I got from the show is that these people were doing like a stadium level tour whatever was stadium level in the 70s i don't really think that there were that many stadiums then i don't know but well it felt big venue the vibe i got was that the venues started small and then they grew i don't know if you noticed that but when they start the aurora tour the venues look a lot smaller and they they get bigger and bigger as the shows go on and i think I mean, a historian can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's more how it worked back then. It's like, instead of booking out a whole stadium tour because of hype, you get your record out there and then you start touring in order to to continue to get your name out there. And so then you can increase the size of your venues as you're on tour. Okay. Well, that actually makes more sense to me. 
Um, I hadn't really thought about that because I was confused mm-hmm. by how big they were supposed to be. Um, but I guess that actually makes a little bit more sense. I won't get too bogged down in that. <laughs> I will say, like, the fame aspect was missing for me. Like, there just wasn't very much. Like, there was a little bit of this when Daisy's in Greece. Like, I'm in Greece. No one knows who I am. I can be free. But it's like we never see a situation when she's home in the United States where she can't be free due to right. how famous she is. Like, she's not getting approached on the street, at least that we're seeing. So, right. yeah, I d- I, that part was really... Not the fame just was not a present element to me, which besides there being crowds at the shows, yeah. And I will say it's not a big deal in the books either, so no, maybe, maybe it's, it's just a huge. wash, just not the point. Um, but yeah, all that to say is that the album that they put <laughs> out is fine. I think it's yeah. really cool that everyone in the band is like actually on the album. I think that's Agreed. really an interesting thing to have done i do wonder if maybe that limited the like production of it like perhaps they couldn't make it more complex because these were not professional musicians um so you know gives and takes but overall i think it the album accomplishes what it's supposed to do which is create effective sound bites for 30 seconds of the sh- the parts of the show and like even after listening to the album quite a bit because I've listened to it like while I'm working obviously I'm not actively listening super hard because I'm working but <laughs> I will listen to it in the background and even after listening to it multiple times like when I think of certain songs I can only think of like the one part like you're like more fun to miss I cannot think of how that song goes other than <laughs> you'd be more fun to miss than to be with that's it. I can't think of anything else, which in that show, more fun to miss than to be with is the line that Daisy's like, why the fuck did you write this? That's rude. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, it does what it's supposed to. I also do want to say lyrics wise, the song that's most effective to me lyrics wise is actually Please, because I think in the in the book, we talked about this, how the lyrics in the book are not subtle at all. <laughs> and it's like really clear that Please is... Because in the book, Please is like a song that Daisy writes. And it's this song that is like really clearly about how much she wants Billy. So cringe, putting your, being so transparent with your feelings. uh, (laughs) But the the lyrics to Please on the Aurora album are, are much more interesting. Like you can't, unless you know the context of the show, it's kind of unclear what Billy could be singing about. He could be singing about his addiction he, I don't know. I just, I think that song was interesting and I wish it was in the show more than just the one part where Camilla sees the lyrics and gets mad. Mm. Although I don't blame her for seeing those lyrics and getting mad because please, I'm down on my knees. I have a family. <laughs> yeah. I would be concerned too. Yeah. So no, there was some red flags with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think overall the, the album's a little lackluster, but I, I don't really have beef with it. I will say, like, Regret Me frustrates me a little bit because of, like, mm. it's, like, so clunky. I just feel like that one could have been a zinger, yeah. but it's, like, the lyrics are so, just like in the book, if, when yeah. you think of me, I hope it ruins rock and roll. That's a really clunky lyric. And it, and then it, the real song, it's, like, 
you regret me and I'll regret you. You couldn't handle your liquor and you can't seem to handle the truth. I'm a slippage in the system and I'm perfectly ready to strike. What? First Why of all, what does about that a mean? slippage in the system? <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Second of all, it's just a lot. Like mm-hmm. the you regret me and I'll regret you part is the only effective part of that song to me. And the rest of it is. And then go ahead and regret me, but I'm beating you to it, dude. Why are we saying dude in a song? Oh my gosh, dude. I know. And it's not even a good like rhyme. They're rhyming dude with view. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not like that at all. So like there were some some flaws here with the with the album that I can pick apart if I really want to but overall Look at Us Now is a great song. I actively have that song on my playlists because the harmonies especially that first part when Daisy first comes in on did we unravel a long, a long time, time ago. ago. It's yeah. so good. It is good. Besides that the rest of it is Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it is fine. Overall, I think the TV series was fine. I'm kind of glad that it was a one-season limited series. Mm -hmm. I feel like I saw what I needed to see. I don't need to see any more. I probably, personally, won't watch it again. Do you think you'll do a rewatch? If I do, I would only rewatch specific episodes. Like, I would rewatch the episode where they write Look at Us Now again. I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Daisy was really likable in those scenes when she's like, okay, so you're going to keep fighting or are we going to record the song now? Like I got a little bit more of the charisma from her that's described in the book, but never there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I I might rewatch like the last episode. But besides that, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, it's going to be something like The Summer I Turned Pretty where I'm already excited to rewatch it, which... That's so random that I'm bringing that up. But yeah. I was thinking about Amazon Prime today and I was like, I need to no, rewatch li- the summer. I literally, literally, I rewatched um, my like favorite scenes like two weeks ago. Like I like I literally just, I skipped the through. Best I was show like, let me see. Let me see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cannot wait to watch it. Cannot wait to do an episode about it. I will die. Yeah. Same. But anyway, is there anything in this show that like changes that were made that you didn't like that you actively disliked that I didn't like I think I just had some issues both in the book and in the show with their portrayal of drug usage everything felt kind of incomplete to me yeah but I don't I don't know if that's really the show's fault because like I said the source material was not was not providing a ton on that front that I was satisfied by either um right like we had talked about that in the last episode that the drugs element of it all is like kind of sanitized in the book mm -hmm. and i feel like it was even more sanitized in the show like we don't see no like when daisy shows up that morning to record look at us now in the book in that scene she's supposed to like show up super drunk at 9 a.m she is so sober in that she one the thing is is and I don't know if this is a acting choice or a directing choice, but Daisy never really comes across as being intoxicated. Right. There's like Agreed. that. There's a few there's moments. Like one scene. Yeah, exactly. I I think we're probably thinking of like the one scene with Nikki where she's like clearly they're both mm-hmm. intoxicated, but beyond that. 
it never really comes across that way versus in the book we know that she's essentially intoxicated for the entire the story yeah yeah and so i did feel like because like we see her taking pills pretty often in the show but i just don't see them like i don't see her acting any differently yeah yeah i think that in some ways it made it seem like oh she's like taking all of these pills but they have no effect on her, mm-hmm. which is kind of stupid and I don't think helpful. In the books, the drug usage and the addiction is such an apparent theme. It's like an mm-hmm. in-your-face theme. And in the yeah. show, the addiction came across a little bit more as like a plot piece rather than a theme. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they – chose to sanitize the drug usage just because they wanted to sort of minimize its role in the plot. I think for me, that was a little bit of a like, what's like, what's even the point? Right? Right. Like if, like, don't show them doing drugs just because you're like, haha, people were doing drugs in the 70s. Like, that's not helpful. That I don't think that's interesting storytelling it's not accurate storytelling and i don't think it's Mm -hmm. particularly ethical storytelling either and so that that's my biggest qualm but i can't think of any other changes major changes that i really didn't like oh you know what i also didn't like i Hmm. did not like the fact that camilla takes the album photo that to me that was big cheese to me yeah. Also, she was so damn far away when she took that, uh, that close up with her shitty little camera. I was like, that what was is thought this? I had. I was like, she needs a long lens camera for this. I know, she could I have know. never taken that photo that far away. <laughs> She's got a point and shoot. I know. I'm glad we had the same thoughts. I was like, the accuracy <laughs> of this lens is just not there. It's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Didn't love that change. I honestly also can't really think of any other changes that bugged me. I think for the most part, all the changes made to the show were good. The show improved upon the book. But some of the qualms that we had with the book, I think, were still issues in the show. Like the sanitization of of the drug use. And overall, I'd be curious to hear the thoughts of someone watching this who has never read the book. Yeah. Um, I have no idea if it would be enjoyable or not. But I feel like I would have enjoyed it despite not reading the book, just because I'm, like, the target audience for shows about music and drama. It was, like, music and drama was what yeah. the show was about. But I, I will say I'm glad we live in this, like, new age of, sh- like, book-to-show adaptations mm-hmm. because overall they are so much better than all the <laughs> fucking adaptations they were making in the mid-2010s when we were... Yeah. In high school, like, 16-year-old us would be shook that we have so many good thoughts about the shows we're watching recently. Truly, truly. It was, it was rough out there for a while. It was a dark so time. We should Twilight count and our... the Hunger Games was all we had. Yeah, we <laughs> Twilight gotta... wasn't good. <laughs> Yo, don't come for my book. Don't do that. Or my no, show, literally, my movie. Love, love those movies, but, like, there were some choices made. There were some choices made. <laughs> But yeah, I I think overall I feel positively about the show, but I don't feel as like giddy and excited about it as I do with like Shadow and Bone. Like Yeah. Oh yeah. Shadow and Bone made me feel some type of way 
And if you want to hear more about it, listen to our previous episodes about it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, there, there you have, have it. it. Oh, jinx. Wow. wow. Jinx. <gasps> Stop. We're okay. So we're getting too in sync. It's like making me uncomfortable. <laughs> If you want to hear us talk more, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We post new episodes every Tuesday and sometimes bonus episodes here and there. We also can be found on Instagram at The Great Obsession Pod. If you want to hit us up, give us your thoughts on this show. We'd love to discuss. Uh, you can also email us at thegreatobsessionpod at gmail.com or find us on Goodreads. We have yet to use that Goodreads, but it's called <laughs> The Great Obsession Pod. <laughs> And with that, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.